Once you've made it to 2 Corinthians 4, would you let me know you have it by standing to your feet? All right, this morning we're going to be, um, be preaching from the Common English Version of the Bible. So if you are uh, using an electronic Bible, uh, if you want to go to the Common English Version, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We're going to read down through verse 9. It reads this way. We are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. All right. We often suffer, but we are never crushed. Mm. Right. Even when we don't know what to do, well, we yeah. never give up. Yes. In times of trouble, God is with us. Mm -hmm. And when we are knocked down, we get up again. Yes. 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 I'm saying verses. In verse 7, we're like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. Amen. Verse 8 says, we often suffer, but we are never crushed. And even when we don't know what to do, we never give up. And in times of trouble, God is with us. When we are knocked down, we get up again. Uh, I want you to remain standing as we pray, but I want to speak to you from a few, for a few moments from this thought. It just got real. It just got real. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for another day, another opportunity to come into your house, to share in your word, to experience your spirit. Now, God, we ask that as we, uh, as we go further in this service, as we draw closer to you, God, that you make your word real, make it relevant, change the lives of your people, let no one leave the same way they came. Thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. It's in that name we say amen. Amen. All right, so um, as we continue in our thank you series, uh, I want us to uh, consider a couple of things, um, just some things to hold in the back of your mind. Uh, I want us to consider that uh, for many of us, the holiday season uh, is a time of joy, is a time of family, is a time of fun, fellowship. Uh, but for many of us uh, across the United States, the holiday season uh, for many of us triggers the time of depression. For many people across the United States, the holiday season reminds them of the people that they've lost, reminds them of the things that they don't have, uh, reminds them of the family that abandoned them, reminds them of the loved ones that have gone on. Uh, and so the holiday season for them uh, is not often a time of joy and of celebration, but for many, the holiday season is actually a time that triggers depression. All right. All right. Uh, and so, and so um, it's easy for us to say, uh, although it be true, uh, it's easy for us to say that as children of the Most High God, uh, as children of the king uh, that we don't really have room for depression uh, we don't really have room for sadness we don't really have we, we should we should always uh, be be functioning in the joy of the Lord and, and although that's true uh, that's one of those things that's way easier said than done uh, and and so sometimes when when you look at uh, uh, when you look at the setting around you, when you look at 
the season around you, when even when you look at the people around you, uh, sometimes you find yourself in a place where you should be happy, you should be joyful, you should be excited, uh, and then it sets in on you uh, that I have some emotions, I've got some feelings that, that really don't match with what's going on with everything else in my life. Uh, and we might find ourselves in a position where we have to say, listen, this thing just got real. It, it, it just got real because I, I can I can only pretend for so long. I can only I can only hold up this facade for so long. I, I can only uh, go with the status quo for so long before I just start to break down. And, and, and we find ourselves in certain times in our lives where where we say things just got real because because I can't hold on any longer. And so. In, in this, uh, in the fourth chapter of Second uh, Corinthians, you'll find uh, that Paul is actually writing uh, this letter to the Corinthian church to encourage them uh, and, and to help them to get through hard times. Uh, Paul is, is writing uh, in this particular chapter uh, just to encourage the people that regardless of what's happening around you, regardless of what it looks like, uh, that you can still function in the joy of the Lord. Because there, when, when, when your situations get real, then your God gets real. Because what happens oftentimes is that is that uh, uh, we don't really get to experience uh, the true power of God until we find ourselves in situations where that power becomes necessary. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there are many times where we hang God up on our shelves uh, until it's convenient for us or until there's a necessity for us. And then we don't uh, get to experience God until we have this major need. But Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church. That regardless whether you're in need or, or, or whether you're in abundance, you can you always have what you need uh, through Christ. Uh, so, so I want to, as we get into this lesson, as we get into this lesson, I want to give you uh, a little bit of the context before we get into the real content of this message. Uh, so I want to give you a little background. We started at verse seven. We started reading at verse seven. Let me let you know what's going on before verse seven In verse one. Uh, Paul uh, lets the Corinthian church know, listen, anything we do for God is a privilege and not a right. Anything, uh, anything that we do for God is a privilege and an honor. Uh, we don't have to do anything. And truth be told, he don't need us. So if God trusts us to do a thing, we should be excited and counted as a privilege that he chose us to do whatever he chose us to do. Okay. And, and, and then Paul says, because God thought enough of you to choose you for something, that should be enough to keep you going. That should be enough to keep you from giving up. That should be enough to, to keep the motor running for just a little bit longer. Because if God thought enough of you to give you an assignment, uh, then that should be enough motivation to keep you ticking. And so then in verse 2, Paul says, now listen, because God has given you this assignment, because God has trusted you with these things, verse 2, Paul says, now, you got to make sure that you ain't out here being sneaky. Paul says, Paul says you got to make sure that whatever your assignment is, whatever you've been called to do, that your life, even behind closed doors, matches your calling. Uh, and, and so Paul says, uh, you got to be careful. And, and Paul says, one of the reasons why you got to be careful is because we're not going to be out here uh, trying to twist and manipulate the word of God. Uh, and Paul says... Uh, 
Uh, you you got to make sure uh, that you're living upright because we're not going to be out here twisting the word of God. And so what I, what I began to think about was the fact that many times when you hear the word of God being twisted and distorted, oftentimes that is because uh, we're trying to manipulate uh, the word of God to justify the wrong things that we're doing. And so we'll take one small piece of a scripture, we'll take one little section of a passage of scripture, and we'll try to develop a whole thought process and a whole belief system based off of this, this text that's completely out of context to try to justify our wrongdoings because we feel so guilty about what we're doing behind closed doors that we feel the need to manipulate the word of God. But you obviously don't feel that guilty because if you felt that guilty instead of manipulating the word of God, you will manipulate your behavior. So, so Paul says, Paul says you gotta be uh you, you gotta make sure that, that your actions match your calling. And then in verses three and four, Paul says the only the only time or the only reason the message should really be covered up is because the hearer is covering it up, not the deliverer. Uh, so he's saying he said what happens is what happens is uh, Satan, the, 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 the enemy, Satan has blinded the mind of the unbeliever so that they can't really see the truth in the word of God. So Paul says, if it's going to be any covering of the word, don't let the covering come from the deliverer. Let the covering come because somebody chooses not to believe it. So he says, he says, you, you, we have to be careful because the, the enemy is blinding the mind. And that's some interesting language. Paul says the enemy is blinding the the, not the eye, but the mind of the unbeliever so that they can't receive the word of God. And so uh, what Paul is actually saying is uh, if, if uh, it, in some people's lives, uh, Satan is, is covering up and distorting not their sight, but their vision, because there's a difference between sight and vision. There are people who were born without sight that have vision. Stevie Wonder is the great, one of the greatest musicians and composers and singers of our time, and he was born blind, but Stevie Wonder had a vision that he could change the world with his music. And, and, and so you, you cannot have sight and still have vision. And so what the enemy does is he's able to trick some people into thinking because you don't have sight, then you don't have vision or because you do have sight that you do have vision and he can blind your mind into making you think that the things that you see uh, in the natural uh, uh, are the reality when in all actuality what's happening in the spiritual uh, is what's important. And so in verses three and four, Paul says, you, you don't cover up you don't cover up the message. You don't cover up the word of God because the enemy's doing a good enough job of that himself. So you don't fall uh, uh, under that. And then in verses five and six, Paul says, uh, Paul says, now listen, we, we're not saying any of this because we're so good. We're not saying any of this because we're so righteous. Uh, we're saying this because God is so good. We're saying this because God has chosen us. We're saying this, the, the Bible says, uh, uh, the Bible says in verses 5 and 6, um, matter of fact, let me read it to you. And I, and I like it from uh, the common English version. The common English version says this. We are not preaching about ourselves. Our message is that Christ Jesus is Lord. He also sent us to be your servant. And then in verse 6, I like this. Verse 6 says, the scripture says, God commanded light to shine in the dark. Now God is shining in our hearts to let you know the glory uh, that his glory is seen in Jesus Christ. 
Uh, so, so he says, he says, in the same way that God spoke light into darkness, and this is what you got to understand. This is what you got got to remember uh, that light is actually a thing. Darkness is not really a thing. Darkness doesn't even have a definition. Darkness cannot be measured. Darkness is not a thing. If you look up the definition of darkness, what you'll find is darkness is not a thing. Darkness is the absence of a thing. Darkness is not a thing in and of itself. Darkness is the absence of light. You can measure light. You can measure light. When you buy light bulbs, you got to make sure you got the right wattage because the wattage determines how much power is coming through the light. But there is no measurement for darkness. Darkness, dark is just dark. And dark can only be measured and decided by how much light is or is not in a particular space. And so uh, the Bible says, Paul says that in the scriptures, God spoke light into darkness. And now he's shining that same light through our hearts and in our hearts so that people will be able to see the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Get this in us. Okay. So so he says we're not preaching about ourselves. We're not talking about ourselves. Our whole goal is to share the goodness and the glory of God through Jesus Christ. Uh, and, and so our light, God is shining his light through us just so that people can see God in us. Okay. Now, now all of that sounds well and good, but what happens when life starts to take a turn for the worse? What happens when, when even though I know God has saved me, even though I know God has something in store for me, even though I know that the light of God, the light of Christ is shining in me, I know all of that stuff, but the reality is sometimes life hits and stuff gets real. How do I continue on? How do I push forward? How do I continue to make it uh, when stuff gets real? And Paul gives us three things in this text uh, that we can uh, that we can pull for what happens uh, when stuff gets real. The first thing uh, that we need to do when stuff gets real is we need to work in real power. Okay. We need to work in real power. Verse 7, verse 7 says this, we are like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The real power comes from God and not from us. Paul says we're like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. What is this treasure? Paul is talking about the light of Christ. That is the treasure. That is your value. That is what's in you. The light of Christ is what your treasure is. The light of Christ is what your treasure is. But we are like clay jars. Uh, we're fragile and 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 and, and invaluable and insignificant. Uh, let me stop real quick. We talked about this a little bit in Bible study, but I want to jump on this real quick. Uh, we got to stop being so familiar with God. Uh, I was going through Facebook just the other day, uh, and, and and another pastor here in the city, good brother, uh, um, I, I like what he's doing here in the city. Uh, he made a post and he said, he said we really got to stop being so familiar with God. We 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 really got to get to a place, uh, get back to a place where we have a real reverence for God, and we have we we have a healthy we have a healthy fear of God, and and, and, and we respect. Uh, God, when we walk into his house, we walk into his house with a certain level of respect. We we walk in, we walk uh, uh, in, in life knowing that we represent uh, a God that we need to have a certain fear and respect for. And, and we got to get back to a place where we just where we stop being so comfortable with God because because uh, we, we we treat God. Y'all ever had uh, one of the mamas or grandmamas that, that gave you this quote? I ain't one of your little friends. <laughs> 
Okay. So y'all, so y'all grew up in the same neighborhood I did. Okay. Uh, um. So, so, and, and God says, God says. God says, listen, I love you, but I, but I ain't one of your little friends. I'm, I'm your creator. Did, did anybody grow up in the house that said, I, I brought you in this world and I can, I can take you out? Well, well, if your mama can bring you in and take you out, just imagine what God can do. Uh, and so we got to stop being so familiar with God because God ain't just one of our little friends that, that we can just treat however we want to treat him. We can just talk to him however and whenever we want to talk to him. Uh, when life gets real, we got to function in real power and the real power comes comes from a real God. And truth be told, sometimes sometimes we miss our blessings. Sometimes we, we lack things. Sometimes uh, we're not able to function uh, in real power. Sometimes we're not able to do that. Sometimes we're not able to see real miracles because we don't function in real power. You, 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 have, to, you have to believe in he who's able and not you yourself because truth be told, you just a clay jar and as soon as somebody uh, drop you or, or throw you away, you be broken for forever. And it's only because of the grace and the love of God that you done held yourself together for this long because you really ain't nothing but a clay jar. Y'all do know what clay is, don't you? Clay ain't nothing but hard mud. And you do know how you get mud, don't you? You you take some dirt and add some water to it. So, so you really ain't nothing but dirt and water, truth be told. But God still chose you to shine his light through. So when stuff gets real, you gotta you gotta function in real power. You gotta function in real power, and then uh, when stuff gets real, uh, you gotta function in real persistence. Okay, you gotta function in real persistence. Y'all gotta get this because we ain't gonna be here very long. Uh, I need you to understand this. You gotta function in real persistence. Verse eight says this. I love it. He says, uh, "We often suffer, but we are never crushed." He says, "Even when we don't know what to do." We never give up. Okay. okay. Now, now for some of us, for some of us in this room, for some of us watching online, uh, you need to say that out loud prophetically to yourself. Because truth be told, up until this point, this really ain't applied to you. Uh, uh, you you done you done gone through some stuff and you've allowed it to crush you, and and, and, and you've been confused and didn't know what to do, and you just gave up. Uh, uh, but I came here to tell you today that you need to speak some stuff over your life and say, you know what? Regardless of how I used to do things, from now on, even if I'm suffering. And I know that God has given me the power not to be crushed. And even when I don't know what to do, I'm not going to give up. And so Paul says, uh, Paul says, don't allow your suffering uh, to discourage you. Don't allow your suffering to discourage you. Because if there's one thing that I know for sure, if it's one thing that I know without a shadow of a doubt, that is when you decide to live for Christ, when you call yourself a Christian, when you say that you are Christ-like, you will suffer. I know that's right. Okay. Ain't no way around it. Ain't, ain't no way to get on. You can't avoid it. If you decide you're going to live for Christ and call yourself a believer of Christ, you will suffer. Uh, and, and the reality is uh, you you going to suffer uh, and so and you you going to suffer for Christ's sake. Okay. Uh, the Bible says the Bible says that you're going to suffer that you're going to suffer for Christ's sake. Uh, what what that means is sometimes your suffering comes not in spite of your Christianity, but because of your Christianity. There's going to be times where you have to fight battles just because of who you're connected to. 
There, there's going to be times. Uh, that, that we, we were just having we were just having a conversation just yesterday. Uh, I was having a conversation with Brother Destry, and Destry was in the military. And Destry said, "Listen, there's some interesting dynamics in the military." He says, "He says you, you when you sign up in the military and when you sign up for your contract, uh, you got to fight whether you believe in the cause or not." He says, "When you when you sign up for that contract, when you sign up to be in the U.S. Army, the U.S. Navy, the Air Force, whatever you decide to do, when you sign your name on that dotted line." And then after you sign your name in a dotted line, some crazy fool go into the White House and send you to war for something that you ain't got nothing to do with. You don't even know these people. And, and, and you got to go and you got to fight anyway. And so in essence, you got to fight just because you connected to the United States. You got to fight not because of your own belief system, but just because of who you connected to. And that happens in our Christian walk. Sometimes you got to fight just because of who you connected to. You got to fight just because of who you serve. You got to fight just because you refuse. Uh, uh, because you refuse to limit your own spiritual beliefs for the comfort of somebody else. Sometimes you got to fight because you're willing to stand up for what's right and what you believe in, even if somebody uh, uh, even if somebody tells you that it makes them uncomfortable and, and you are not being politically correct. Sometimes some of the battles that you fight don't have anything to do with you, but they have everything to do with who you connected to. That's I told y'all a few weeks ago, a lot of the times when you fight in battles, uh, people don't have a problem with you personally. They got a problem with what you stand for and who you stand with. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So sometimes sometimes you got to suffer. You got to suffer and you're going to suffer uh, for, for Christ's sake. Uh, but Paul said, even though we're suffering, uh, we're not crushed. Uh, so we might be going through some hard things, but it's not going to tear us down. It, it's, it's, it's not going to break us. Uh, you, you, even though you're going through some rough times, you still got enough strength to keep going because God is shining the light in you. And I told you that, that the light is measured by wattage. And what wattage is, is the determination of how much power is coming from the light. So because God has put some wattage in you, you got enough power to shine through your dark places. And even though you're so you got enough water, you got enough power to push through, and even though the weight of life seems heavy, it can't crush you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amen. Amen. So Paul says, Paul says, we suffering, uh, but we not crushed. Uh, this thing is getting heavy. Uh, but it's not going to break us. Paul, why is it not going to break us? Why is it that even though it's getting heavy, this thing is getting real, Paul, even though it's getting heavy, Paul, why is it not going to crush us? And I'm pretty sure that if you were to ask Paul, Paul would say, uh, the reason why this heaviness won't crush you is because when it starts to get too heavy, that you can look in your word and your word will tell you to lay aside every weight that does so easily beset you, which means when stuff starts to get heavy in your life, don't try to carry it by yourself, but lay it aside and don't just lay it aside but lay it in the hands of God because whatever's too heavy for you ain't nothing for him so you can keep going it don't have to you might suffer for a little while the Bible says after you suffered a little while you will reap a harvest if you faint not but you gotta keep going you gotta deal with some real persistence you gotta be able uh, to, to lay that weight aside and you gotta determine within your heart that no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper it might hurt for a little bit but it won't kill me because God has too much in store for me for me to let this thing crush me I've been through worse and he's bought me out of more for me to give up on him now there's no way I can let this crush me but then Paul says Paul says even when we don't know what to do we don't give up 
He says, even when we don't know what to do, uh, uh, you, you can be confused, but don't give up. Paul says, uh, Paul says, you can be confused, but don't give up. Let me tell y'all something. Let me give you a little piece of information. If you really want God to bless you in your life uh, in the areas where you're confused, if you really want God to work in the areas of your life where you don't really know what to do, when you don't know what to do, just do something. Okay. Uh, when, when, you, when, when you don't know what to do, just do something. Do something. Do anything. <laughs> Do, do anything except go backwards. Amen. Okay. When, when you don't know what to do, when you don't know what to do, just do something. Just 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 start. Just start moving. Just start moving. As long as you don't move backwards. I like this analogy. Somebody said this. Somebody says, uh, uh, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to change the direction of a car that's in neutral. It's hard to change the direction of a car. That's in. If you're driving and you're going the wrong way, but you didn't drive, you can bust a U-turn at any time. But it's hard to change the direction of a car that's in neutral. Uh, and, and, and that made me think about this. That made me think about this. A few weeks ago, Elder Bacon uh, preached a sermon about GPS. And I started to think about my own personal GPS. I started to think about, because uh, I, do, I do a lot of driving in the city for work. Uh, and what I noticed about my GPS is my GPS works best when I'm moving. Amen. Amen. Uh, let, let, let me explain to you what I'm saying. When I'm sitting still in the parking lot and I put an address in my GPS, the, the GPS is ready to give me instructions, but the GPS don't know which way I'm facing. It, it, it don't know which direction I'm already pointed in, so it don't really know whether to tell me to turn around or to back up or to make a U-turn. The GPS don't know. But if I just start moving, the GPS can see what direction I'm headed in. And even if I'm headed in the wrong direction, the GPS will tell me to make a U-turn. But if I'm just sitting still, the GPS don't know what to do. Uh, so sometimes you might be in a situation in your life where you need some direction. Uh, but if you're just sitting still, nobody even knows what direction you're facing in. So, so I, listen, um, when uh, I've been working for the last about eight years. Uh, to help my wife to learn directions like east, west, north, and south. I've been, I've been working. I've been working. She, she definitely had the only one. Everybody laugh. Some of them laughing because I'm talking about them too. But, 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 I, but I've been working. And, and here's why. Here's why I've been working to help her to learn the east, west, north, and south. Is because when she calls me and says, "Babe, how do I get there?" It's hard for me to tell her which direction to go because I don't know which way she's facing. That's good. And, and, and she asks me, "Babe, is the building on the left or the right?" And I say, "Are you going east or west?" And she says, "I don't know." And I say, "Well, I don't either." And, and, and truth be told, truth be told, outside of the car, some of us are in positions in our lives where we don't even know what direction we headed in. And we sit around asking somebody for directions and they don't know what to tell you because we don't even know which way you're facing. <laughs> if, if, at least if I know which way you're going, I can tell you that it's wrong. I don't, but I, but I need to know that I, I believe that's why the Bible says, Jesus says, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather you be hot or cold than lukewarm. Yeah. 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 
You know, hot, hot water, I can use that to cook with. I can use that to clean with. I can use that to bathe with. Uh, uh, cold water, I can use that to drink and to, to quench my thirst. But lukewarm water, well, what am what, what is, what is I going to do with that? What, what I'm doing with some lukewarm? You, you got to go in one direction or another. We, we can... We can change it on the way, but you, you got to decide to go somewhere. Paul said, even when you don't know what to do, just don't give up. Paul says, don't give up. You, you got to do something. You got to do something, but just don't go backwards. Whatever you do, don't go backwards. All you got to do is just start moving. Because, because if you are a, a true follower of Christ, the Bible says that the steps of a good person are ordered by God. So if you just take one step, the Bible says if you just take one step, God will guide you to your next step. If you take one more step, and God will guide you to your next step. And all you got to do is keep stepping, and eventually you'll get to where he's taking you. Uh, you you got to you got to say a resolve in your heart that regardless of me not knowing what to do, I'm not going to give up uh, uh, because even though I don't know what to do, God knows what to do. The Bible says lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So you ain't got to know where you're going. Uh, uh, I tell the kids all the time, especially Jewel, every time we get in the car, she want to know, Daddy, where we going? And I have to tell her, baby, just be quiet and ride because... <laughs> Because I'm directing this path and God is trying to tell us the same thing. Sometimes you just got to be quiet and sit alone for the ride because I'm directing this path. And as long as you just follow my lead, I'll get you to where you need to go. It's about to get real in here. You got to function in real power and then you got to function with some real persistence. And last but not least, uh, uh, God will give you real preservation. Okay, uh, so 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 God gave you real power to function in, and then uh, God gave you real persistence to function in, and, and if you do all that, God will give you real preservation. Verse nine says this: In times of trouble, God is with us. That 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 right there is a, is enough uh, that you can run through a wall. In times of trouble, God is with us, and when we are knocked down, we get up again. Uh, yeah, uh, the Bible says. The Bible says. Uh, uh, let me help you. Uh, let me help you understand. Uh, before I really get into this point, I need you to really understand what it means to persevere. I really need you to understand what it means to persevere. Uh, I got two definitions for persevere. I looked this up, and I love these definitions. One definition for, for the word persevere is this. Uh, Try not to shout. This is not even a Bible definition. This is dictionary.com. Uh, try not to shout on this one. Uh, persevere to keep alive. Or in existence, or to make it lasting. To keep it alive or in existence, or to make it last. Okay. All right, all right. The next definition for persevere is this. This still ain't no Bible definition. This is dictionary.com. Dictionary.com might got the Holy Ghost. Once, once you hear this, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Dictionary.com might know Jesus because, because dictionary.com said that persevere means to keep safe from harm or to protect or spare. Uh, it said to persevere is to keep, to, to keep, to keep safe from harm. To protect or spare. 
Does anybody have a thank you praise for God that God you kept me safe from dangers seen and unseen? God, you protected me, and even though I didn't deserve it, God, you spared my life. So, so God, so God gives real. He gives real perseverance, uh, preservation. He gives real pre- preservation. Uh, and, and, and the Bible says, uh, Paul says that in times of trouble, that God is with us. When trouble comes, you are not alone. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. When, when trouble comes, when trouble comes, you are not alone. Uh, the old saints used to used to call it. Uh, uh, the old saints used to call it keeping power. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Because I think I might have heard that from you. The old saints, they used to call it keeping power. Just, 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 just God got the power just to keep you. The Bible says that he'll keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed on him, then there's something about the power of God that'll just, that'll just keep you here. He'll, he'll, he'll preserve you even when when the enemy had had his had, had, if the enemy had his way you would have been out of here a long time ago but God spared you uh, because of his keeping power God God felt like he had more for you to do and more for you to see and more for you to experience so God blessed you with some keeping power he he was able to preserve you all right amen See, 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 what we got to understand is, what we got to understand is about, uh, about being preserved, what we got to understand about preservation is, is what that means is uh, that God doesn't always keep you out. Sometimes God gets you through. This is what you have to understand about being preserved. Uh, what you have to understand about being preserved uh, is that what, what it means to be preserved is that uh, if, if you think about it, if you think about it in terms of food, if you think about preserves in terms of food, uh, that there's something in the jar that could go bad if it wasn't in the jar. Okay. And so and so. Uh, uh, what's in the jar needs to be protected and needs to be covered uh, because because if it's if it's left out and, it, and, it, and it's exposed, uh, then it can be exposed uh, to, to, to vultures or, or to rodents or to decay or to mold. Uh, and so, if it's not preserved properly, it'll go bad. Okay. Okay. So sometimes God doesn't keep you out. Sometimes God has to get you through. And so what God does is He covers you uh, and He protects you so that even though the elements are coming against you, uh, they can't get to what's inside the jar. God, God will preserve you. So, so it's not about keeping you out of rough times. It's about keeping you in rough times. It's not about avoiding the issue. It's about getting you through the issue. Uh, and so sometimes God doesn't keep you out. Sometimes God has to get you through because God in times of trouble will always be with you. The Bible says that he'll never leave us nor will he ever forsake us regardless of what we going through. I don't care if it's an alliance there or a fiery furnace. I don't care if they getting ready to hang you on a cross regardless of where you are, regardless of what you're going through. God is right there with you. So God God, God doesn't always keep you out. Sometimes he gets you through. But then this is my favorite part. Paul says, Paul says, and when we get knocked down, oh, come on, man. we get up again. Yes. Okay. Paul says, when we get knocked down, 
uh, we get up again. Paul says, uh, uh, Paul says in his own way, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that God will raise up a standard against him. Um, Paul, Paul kind of says that in his own way. Paul says, regardless of the hits and the bumps and the bruises we take in life, we can always get back up again because there's a real power and there's a real persistence and we got some real uh, preservation going on. So no matter how life hits us, no matter how the enemy attacks us, we got the power to get back up again. Uh, we got the power uh, to get back up again because when life knocks us down, uh, the enemy didn't realize that when you knocked me down, the only thing I could do was look up. And because I have the power to look up, I now have the power to get up. Uh, so you can hit me with your best shot and you might knock me down, but you won't knock me out. Are there any boxing fans in here? Uh, there's some boxing fans. Uh, if you watch a boxing match, uh, you can get knocked down and still win the fight. Right. You, you, you can get knocked down and still win the fight. As long as you get back up again, you can, you can get knocked down and still win the fight because because there are some times if you watch boxing, there are some times where there's a, uh, there's somebody in the ring uh, who seems to be getting uh, the brakes beat off of them. They just every time you look up, they just keep getting knocked down. They just, I'm talking about knots all on their forehead, eyes swollen shut, and then something happens in the twelfth round where they resolve within themselves that I can't go out like this. And even though I've been getting beat up the whole fight. All I need is one good punch. One, one good punch to turn this whole thing around. One good punch to give me the victory. All I need is one good punch, but I can only get my one good punch if I keep getting back up. Okay, maybe there ain't no boxing fans in here. Let me give you this illustration. Let me give you this, and then I'm going to take my seat. Uh... Um, when I was a kid, when I was a kid at my grandma's house, I had this toy, uh, and, and she got me this toy, and this was one of my favorite toys for all of about two days. <laughs> this is one of my favorite toys for all of about two days. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was a Bozo the Clown bop bag. Uh, uh, Bozo the Clown bop bag. And uh, uh, my bot bag was my favorite toy for all of about two days. And, and, and the reason why it only lasted for two days is because because I was a kid. And so and so I love watching Power Rangers and, and Batman and Superman. And, 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 and I wanted I wanted to do the Power Ranger stuff on the Bozo the Bot bag. But the problem was when I was watching Power Rangers and Power Rangers kick somebody, you, you know, they would stay down. But when I would do Power Rangers on my Bozo the Bop bag, the Bozo the Bop bag kept bopping back up. And, 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 so, and so I realized uh, within about two days that there's no way for me to win against Bozo the Bop bag. Because no matter how hard I punch, no matter how hard I kick, Bozo the Bop Bag just keep bopping back up again. Now, 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 now I'm giving Bozo the Bop Bag the business. Okay, I'm, 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 giving, I'm giving Bozo the Bop Bag all Bozo can stand. I'm giving Bozo everything I got. And every time I hit Bozo, and, and I got smart for a second. I, I, thought, I, I thought I had gotten smart. I jumped on Bozo, and, I, and Bozo was on the ground. And I'm beating Bozo on the ground. And as soon as I got up off of Bozo, Bozo jumped back up again. So, 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 so. So, so Bozo ended up just getting moved on over to a corner. Look, cause I ain't got time to be fooling with Bozo. Bozo, if you just, 
He's going over in the corner because, because there's no way I can win this fight if you're going to keep getting back up. Y'all making me work way too hard. This is the last point. This is all I got. So if you ain't getting it, I don't know what else to tell you. Uh, 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 Bozo had to go in the corner. I, I, I had to leave Bozo alone because Bozo just wouldn't stay down. Um, um, I'm fighting Bozo, and, 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 and here's the thing. Here's what, here's what really frustrated me about Bozo. Not only does Bozo keep getting back up, but every time he get back up, he's smiling. So, so here I am, tired and exhausted, from giving Bozo all I got, and Bozo just bought back up, just smiling. Just Bozo smiling, Bozo getting beat, and Bozo smiling. Bozo smiling, Bozo can't even talk, but he, he's still smiling. I said, Bozo, you going, you going, you 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 going over there. I'm gonna play with some other toys because there's no way I can win playing with you. There, there's no way I can win going against you. So Bozo, I'm gonna just leave you alone. Uh, and, and then and then some time goes by. Some time goes by, and I say, you know what? You know what? I think I think I'm stronger than I was about a week ago. So Come I think I can probably get Bozo a run for his money now. I can. I mean, let me pull Bozo on off this corner. And I give Bozo everything I got in here. Bozo just bop back up again, just smiling. <laughs> and so then, 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 then I begin to wonder, I begin to wonder, uh, why is it, uh, why is it uh, that Bozo uh, just keep bopping back up? Why is it no matter how hard I hit him? Because I'm telling you, I even went and got my wiffle ball back and hit Bozo. <laughs> Something, something got to give. Bo ain't no way Bozo is this strong. There, there's no way. There, there, there's no way that Bozo is this strong. Uh, and, 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 so, and so I began to, to examine Bozo and try to figure out what is it about Bozo uh, that I can't seem to get no victory over Bozo. What is it about Bozo that I just can't seem to win for losing against Bozo? And, 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 and I picked Bozo up and I heard this little rattling noise. I picked him up. I picked Bozo up and I heard this little rattling noise. And, and then it hit me uh, that one of the reasons Bozo keeps getting back up is because Bozo uh, has a way down, well-rounded foundation. Uh, the, 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 the bottom of Bozo had a little curve on it. It was it, it, it was well rounded. And when I picked it up and I heard that little rattling noise, that there was some 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 weights, some stationary weights just in there just to hold it up. So 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 because Bozo had this well rounded uh, uh, wave uh, foundation, uh, Bozo couldn't be knocked out. Uh, you might could knock him down, but you couldn't knock him out because his foundation was too heavy. His, his foundation was too strong and too well rounded for him to stay down. Uh, uh, so his foundation wouldn't let him stay down. Uh, uh, Paul says, Paul says, uh, uh, even when we get knocked down, we, we don't get knocked out. We get, we get back up again. And Bozo, Bozo taught me a lesson. Bozo said, as long as your foundation is well-rounded and you got, you got some weight on your foundation, you might get, get knocked down, but, but, but you ain't gonna get knocked out. And then, and then, um, 
I began to realize something else because because uh, it, it got real to me. It, it got real. Bozo's foundation was, was too strong for me to knock him down. So I moved Bozo on over to the corner. Uh, and a couple weeks later, um, I realized that Bozo was starting to slouch a little bit. <laughs> Okay, I, I realized the bozo had started slouching, uh, and, and, and I said, you, you ain't going to get me again. You ain't going to trick me this time, because last time I, I thought giving you a couple of days that I'd be able to come back and win, I, 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 but you ain't going to get me this time. So I let, I seen Bozo leaning a little bit. Bozo was slouching a little bit, but I, I went on and let Bozo alone. And then a couple of days later, Bozo was, Bozo was bent on over and curved over. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Come on. Come on. So then I realized that it wasn't just Bozo's <coughs> foundation that kept him getting back up. Uh, before the toy was given to me, uh, somebody, so, somebody blew some air in Bozo. Yeah. Some, somebody was breathing into Bozo and, and was blowing some air into Bozo. So because somebody breathed into Bozo and Bozo had a good, strong, well-rounded foundation, that was why I couldn't get victory over Bozo. Yeah. Come on, Yeah. Come on, Yeah, 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 Bozo, 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 uh, I, I would hit him with everything I had, and he kept getting back up. And I realized that it was because of his foundation. And I realized that when Bozo really started to lean, it was because he was running out of air. So I realized, I realized that that in order for me to get victory over Bozo, uh, it wasn't uh, beneficial for me to fight Bozo. Uh -huh. Okay. All I had to do was wait for him to run out of here. The self-proclaimed greatest of all time, uh, Muhammad Ali, uh, came up with a fighting strategy uh, that has yet to be uh, beaten today. Uh, Muhammad Ali decided in one of the biggest fights of his life uh, that he was going to give the perception for the entire fight that he was going to lose this fight. Muhammad Ali decided that he was going to come up with a strategy to win this fight called the rope -a and the way the rope dog worked was Muhammad Ali would stand in, in the middle of the ring and he would allow his opponent to back him into a corner. And, and once Muhammad Ali got backed into the corner, he would just cover himself up and he would let his opponent just swing and punch and swing and punch and swing and punch and swing and punch. And his opponent is giving him everything he got. And Muhammad Ali is just folded up into a ball and it looks like Muhammad Ali is going to get beat by a technicality. But Muhammad Ali knows that if I just let you punch yourself out long enough, eventually you're going to run out of air. So, so he says when the fight, Muhammad Ali said when the fight gets to an end, when we get to the last round of the fight, uh, I haven't thrown any punches yet, so I still got all my power. So, 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 so when, the fight, when the fight started, uh, you were stronger than me. Uh, but, but, I, but I let you use all your power, uh, and, 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 and when, when you run out of power, I'm just getting a fresh wind. Come on, come on, come on. I know that's right. Come on. Uh, uh, Paul says, you get knocked down, but you don't get knocked out because God is giving you a fresh wind. Paul says, Paul says, you, you get knocked down, but you don't get knocked out because, because, because God is breathing in you. Yes, 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 yes. All right, yes. Y'all do remember we in the thank you series, right? Amen. Okay. Uh, 
so 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 really you you really should have been you really should have been real thankful and real excited because because in times of trouble God is with you uh, and even though you got knocked down you didn't get knocked out you, you really ought to have been real thankful and, and, and you ought to have been thankful because because even though you got knocked down, you didn't get knocked out because God has given you a second win. For some of us, this is our second, third, fourth, fifth, seventh, eight, nine, tenth win because God just keep just keep breathing in us. God, God just keep breathing, breathing the breath of life in us. Every time we get knocked down, God just breathe another breath and we get back up. Every time we get knocked down, the Bible says, "Let everything that have breath." God didn't give you breath just so you can get back up, just to get knocked back down. God gave you breath so that you can give him praise because what the enemy meant for evil, God turned around for your, for your good. Uh, the Bible says, Paul himself says, who can separate me from the love of Jesus? So if, if God be for me, who can be against me? Enemy, you might have knocked me down, but you didn't knock me out. Stuff just got real, but just because you thought it got real for me, you ought to see what God has in store for you. Because there's no way that God is going to leave me knocked out. Somebody give God some praise in this place today. Everybody in the sanctuary, stand to your feet for me, please. Everybody in the sanctuary, stand to your feet. Now listen, this is what you got to understand. You got to understand that life ain't no plaything. Life has a way of taking you right to the middle of the storm. Life has a way of, of beating you and breaking you and, and knocking you down. But we ought to be thankful that God keeps bringing us back up. We ought to be thankful that we can get back up again. So as we get ready to go to God in prayer, as we get ready to go to God in prayer, I just want us to be thankful. I just want us to, to just begin to, to do a couple of things. Number one, I just want you to begin to think about all the things that God didn't keep you from, but that he brought you through. Yeah, all the times when... When, when the doctors were confused and giving you uh, medicines as experiments because they didn't know what in the world was going on, but God brought you through. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. All the times when your money had run out, but your month was still going. Yeah, all, all the times God brought you through. All the times that your kids was acting crazy and got you thinking, Am I, did I just completely mess up as a parent? God, what in the world is happening right now? But God brought you through. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Every time you were confused and didn't know which way to go, but God said, just do something and I'll direct your path because I'll I, I bring you through. And then, and then, and then, as you think about what what all God has done, I, I just want you, I just want you to to be bold enough just to thank Him for what He's about to do. I, I want you to be bold enough to know that that rough times are coming, but God ain't gonna leave me by myself. I want you to be thankful enough to say that I know life is gonna get heavy. I, oh, I know it's gonna get heavy, but it won't crush me. Because I serve a God that has all power. Oh yes. Oh yes. So I want everybody to come to the to the altar right now.